they had a Women of Hard Rock panel. And one of the questions they asked us is like, oh, how are you mentoring other women? At least a lot of people I know who have attempted an FKT are people who maybe have played sports, you know, ever since they were you know kids, and maybe they started running like in junior high or high school. Um, I didn't start running until I was 35. Hello, and welcome back to the next episode of the Trail Running Women podcast. Today, we have a really special episode. We have part one of a two-part series of the five leading members of the group Women Who FKT. So FKT stands for Fastest Known Time. But how many of those are set by men? Many of them. So in 2021, only a third of the FKTs in the Pacific Northwest were women. Out of 353 routes established in Oregon and Washington, only 41% have women's times. So this group, led originally by Marta Fisher, who finished Hard Rock and thought, what am I doing to give back to the community, has decided that they're going to make a push to change the statistics. So they want women out there getting FKTs. So we interview each of them and their part in the leadership team, but we also do kind of mini interviews and get a piece of their stories. And the main takeaway I found was that there's definitely a variety of experience and a variety of abilities, and each of them brings something different to the table, as well as different advice. I sort of asked them all, how do you get involved if you live in the area or anywhere in the world and you want to do an FKT, but you're not totally sure you are somebody who would be in the leader of a race, for example. Um, And so the idea of fastest known time can be a bit overwhelming. And they really break it down um, because it's not. Because you could find a route that doesn't have a time. So you're racing just the first person to complete it. You can also pick something that really fits your skill set. So each of them has really great advice and is also really interesting themselves. So it was so much fun. Because there are five of them and I spoke for 20, 25 minutes to each of them, I'm splitting it up. So today you're going to get the first two. We're going to start with Marta Fisher because she talks about how this group came to be and how the administrative side works and their goals. And then we hear from Stacey Lee, who just finished a six-day FKT with another member, Terry. And they are fresh off of a very, very long, very, very long couple of days, long days, week. So really fun to hear their story. So before we get into it, let's take a quick word from our first sponsor, Gooder Sunglasses. So we're getting near holiday season. I cannot believe I'm saying that, but we are. And they have a new offer moving forward. This time it's free shipping. So the exciting news with that is it's actually more savings than 15% off a single pair purchase. So the code is still going to be TRW. And if you go to gooder.com backslash TRW, you can get free shipping on your entire order. Gooder sunglasses. Never heard of them? Please go check them out. They're going to change the way you run because they do not slip. They do not bounce. They are so much fun and they have new flashy colors for every season. Some of my favorites include the new ones, Get On My Level, A Ginger Soul has been my favorite forever, Fosley's Beast, Basset Hounds, Going to Valhalla. Actually, Going to have Valhalla is a great one as we get into rainy dark season because the lenses are a little bit lighter. So if you're like me and you have sensitive eyes and you need something for all scenarios, that one and silverback squat mobility uh, are your go-tos. If you've never heard of them and you're like, what are these names? That's just how fun the brand is. So I encourage you, go check them out. Use discount code TRW and get free shipping on even one pair. Okay, the first interview today that we are going to have on our unique episode with Women Who FKT is the original founder, Marta Fisher, who came up with the idea and has the best handle of the roots in the Pacific Northwest that we are trying to flip the statistics on. So I'm so excited to get into your story and how you came up with this idea. Welcome to the show, Marta. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's uh, let's get your elevator pitch. Tell us a bit about you and how you came up with this idea. Was there a specific moment that you realized this needed to happen, or how did it all come together? Um, gosh, I, it's uh, I'm afraid I'm not very professional. I don't have it in an elevator pitch. It's a little bit more of a story. Um, let's hear the story then. That sounds great. So yeah, so I guess you could say um, uh, last year I ran Hard Rock, and um, you know, obviously that's that's a big deal. I've been trying to get in for like seven or eight years, 
And uh, a couple of things uh, that kind of like played into this is they they start you know they changed the um, lottery last year so that so that they would proportionally let women in related to like you know like make the statistics I guess if you will a little bit more even. I don't want to get too much into that, but as a part of that, they did, they had a women of hard rock panel. And one of the questions they asked us is like, Oh, how are you mentoring other women? And like, I came up with an answer at the time, but I also was like, wow, now that I've finished hard rock, like I am a leader. And, and maybe that is something I should think about is, is mentoring other women into this. So like, that was kind of on my mind. Um, and then also, um, going into hard rock, I'd been dealing with some injuries and none of the problems I had during hard rock were related to those injuries. They were all like the totally run of the mill sort of thing. Like I'd gone into hard rock thinking I may walk this in and this is my last hundred and that's fine. And I finished being like, no, I can still do this. I can still run hundreds. Like I thought I was kind of like, okay, moving to a new phase of running. And I'm like, no, I can keep in this one if I feel like that's what I want to do. So I was kind of feeling a little rejuvenated. Um, I was thinking about other people. I started looking at some other, you know, like at some FKT routes, some things that I'd actually looked at previously and been like, that seems crazy. And now I'm like, whatever, I just finished Hard Rock. I could do that thing that seemed crazy before, <laughs> you know? Um, so kind of uh, as I'm like, all these little bits are stewing around in my brain. So I'm thinking about FKTs. I'm thinking about a new start for myself. I'm thinking about mentoring other women and like, you know, actually being inclusive and, and, and bringing other people into this. And I, I happened, just happened to be, I'd been talking with about some FKT roots with people one night as after volunteering for a race. And then as I'm driving back, um, I was thinking about all these FKT routes that like, boy, it'd be really cool just to put a time up, you know, because there's no women's time posted. So, so like, shouldn't we just put something down just so you can look at that and you can be like, is that a time I can be, you know, like if there's no time, you're kind of like, oh, maybe I need to be super badass to do this. Um, but also if there's no time, maybe you don't. Um, so um, as I was thinking about this, I was like, what if it wasn't just me setting FKTs? What if I got some people together and we all tried to set FKTs? And that's kind of where it started. Um, it did definitely blow up from there. And I, I will say, I really appreciate that you're having, um, the other, you know, my, my other leadership partners on with this, because if it had just, if that's where it had ended, if it had been like, I'm going to get some people together, then it would have been, me and like five or 10 people I know, and we would have tried to set some FKTs and that would have been fine. But it wasn't until I started talking to um, friends about it and they were so excited and they had other ideas, you know, and somebody said, you know, Dana says, you can use my website. And Terry's like, I can help with the website. And, you know, um, Stacy had ideas and uh, Danielle had ideas and it was all of us coming together that really turned it into a thing. <laughs> People have these ideas of how they're going to make running more inclusive, but actually getting them done seems difficult. And you guys have had so many people participate when this is relatively new. So how did you get the word out? What was your main way or did it just spread um, word of mouth? Um, I think it spread pretty word of mouth. Um, we started off with, we were kind of talking about it and we got a, uh, you know, we, we got a website set up, we grabbed an Instagram account. And when we decided to have a very intentional launch, instead of having things like trickling out, we recruited a bunch of friends, um, you know, people through, you know, a couple of people who are coaches that we just looked up online and were like, this looks like a woman's coach in Washington state. We'll see if she can put a thing on Instagram. And we just all did it that same day, put out a, a call on the, um, on Instagram saying, Hey, we're doing this thing. It would be cool if you could join us. Um, and we have an email that people could sign in, you know, could, could sign up for. Um, so we just started, you know, it started there. It started with all of us putting out this like big one day push for, Hey, there's not very many women's FKTs. Let's do something about it. Can you be involved? Um, and, uh, and it's kind of grown very organically from there. A lot of people do seem to like the idea that 
um, that this is something that you can find a place within. And maybe that's, you know, it's definitely different for different people coming in. Um, I feel, uh, I don't know if torn's the right word, but um, FKTs definitely have this like, oh, you got to be super fast to do that. And there are definitely some that you need to be super fast. You know, you're not going to go out and um, set an FKT on um, uh, on the, the Wonderland Trail around Mount Rainier if you're not some kind of, you know, elite or really good runner. But um, there are also other things where it's like, gosh, you know, this Crown Zellerbuck Trail that's just right outside of Portland and people don't run a ton. And if they do, they don't usually run the whole thing. Somebody could set an FKT on that. And, you know, we had somebody do that in the early part of the year. And I think that was another thing that that really um, got people as excited is that we were um, featuring and doing like, I don't know, star write-up maybe isn't quite the thing, but doing like, hey, look how awesome of a thing this person did. And they're not an elite. They're a, you know, mid-pack runner who just found a little... Uh, a little niche where nobody, nobody else is, uh, nobody else has really made a, a big attempt to try to go fast on this trail. And so, even though they're not an elite, they were able to set a kind of record on it. So, yeah, I love the inclusivity of that. Uh, where there are so many, like you could make a route because there's so many options, or be the first one because they've only had a man do one to the state, and then you can go the flip side and do one like a couple of your leaders did that was six full days which still seems like a lot oh yeah that was huge I'm I'm so I haven't had a chance to talk to them about it because it's only been a couple of days but I think Stacy and I are getting together next weekend so I'm hoping to hear a little more about it then um and you know making up a route is also a really great way to be involved and that you don't necessarily again have to be the fastest person in the world because there is a room for that creativity in this world that I don't think people realize is there until they start getting into it and there are totally guys who are not that fast um but they have the creativity um to come up with something new like a creative way to string some trails together um and they're you know an accepted and valued part of the community so let's let's point this out so that women or for that matter um people of color non-binary folks can see that there can be room for them and to to help point out where the boundaries are so that they can find their way within those boundaries to something that works for them you know um Nolan's 14, really famous route. It's a premier FKT route. But like in a lot of ways, it's not necessarily logical. I've got it. Let's string these 14 peaks together. What if somebody came up with a cool route and even though they're not that fast, they can set the first time on it. And then other people will see it and be like, oh, that is kind of cool. Like, I I think this is a great idea. Um, and, And other people can then follow this person who is maybe in the race, not the leader. Yeah, I love that. And I think that COVID helped a little bit for people to see that aspect of the sport too. So it seems like the timing is all pretty good because everything was so based around these events, but the satisfaction from having to do something just supported by yourself and come up with the logistics, even if it's a short day, um, and make sure that you have enough food and water stops and really get to know the landscape that you are running on. Like, where would you be able to get water. If you need support, where can people actually access you? I think that side of it and learning so much about what is going into the day that you're about to have is a really cool aspect of it too. Oh yeah. It's, it's awesome. And it's also kind of, um, it, it provides this new challenge where, um, you know, I actually, one of my, one of my, FKT attempts this year that didn't work out is on a trail that I thought I knew pretty well, but I don't usually do the full loop of it. Um, And so I went out there and I was like, okay, this has a time on it, but it is a time that I think is within my abilities to beat. And so I was like, I feel like it'd be cool to beat a time instead of just setting first times. I'll try this one. And I went out there and I made two wrong turns on it. And the first wrong turn added two miles. And I was like, well, 
if I hurry, I can probably still beat the existing time. That's fine. And then I made a second wrong turn. And after that, I was like, no, that, that, that's too much. I'm going to have to do a second attempt at it. But, you know, like, again, you know, figuring out the logistics, making sure you've got a way to, to check junctions, um, where where's water, if you're doing support, how you're going to work that. Um, if you're not doing support, um, you know, figuring out what you're going to need and, and having to carry all that food. <laughs> um, two of the FKTs I've done so far this year have been about 40 miles and carrying all that food is heavy. <laughs> so, you know, just real different challenges than you face during races. And, you know, another thing is making sure you're thinking about your own safety. Um, if you're in a race and you get into trouble, there's, you know, an aid station every five or six miles oftentimes. If, if you're doing something like this, you have to make sure you're thinking about if I got into trouble, how would I get out? Where would I get out? You know, what, what, what sorts of communication do I need? Who's going to be able to receive that communication? Who can, uh, who can, you know, can I get to another trailhead and try to hitch a ride out if I need to? Totally. There's extra satisfaction in, in some of that stuff for sure. And I think it is, just a really cool thing to try to get more of our names on that website, our as in women. Um, what is your, do you have an end goal or a particular statistic that you are looking for or a timeline, or is this just going to be an ongoing project now that you're pretty invested in? Um, we set this up as a one year project. Um, okay. And so we've got, we've got three goals within that. Um, one is uh, we're in Oregon and Washington or we're in, Oregon, Portland, but on the border with Washington state. Um, so we were like, okay, we can't really manage the entire U S or entire world worth of FKTs. That's too much for us. Um, so our three like concrete goals are, we would like more women's FKTs and men's in Oregon and Washington. We would like, um, we would like to see, um, at least 50 women who are new to FKTs, set an FKT this year and like tag us and tell us they want to be part of the project. It's not a very, you know, it can be anywhere in the U S can be anywhere in the world, but if you set your first FKT and want to tell us about it, we will brag about you and we'll kind of, you know, we'll, we'll count you in that first FKT list. Um, and then the third goal is uh, 20 women who say they're part of some group underrepresented in, in trail and ultra running. Um, and that could be however you want to define it. Um, we usually suggest that that might be if you're um, if you're um, a woman of color or you know BIPOC or if you're uh, LGBTQ plus um, or if you're neurodivergent or if you have some other dimension on which you think you know like my group is not representative that's fine too. So far, we can report that we are already we have already met the goal of 50 women new to FKTs who've set FKTs and told us they want to be involved. So that is awesome to have met that uh, one goal. Um, we were briefly ahead of the men as far as our as far as our flip the statistics in Oregon Washington goal. Um, we, we've got, gotten a little bit behind, um, but you know, at this point, if anybody wants to come out and set a women's FKT in Oregon or Washington, please do. We're a tiny bit behind, super close. We can totally catch up, but we just need to put a couple more names on the board to be able to like break that, um, you know, get, get ahead by the end of the year. Um, that also brings us into next year and we're, I'm, I'm trying to kind of, I'm kind of trying to figure out what next year might look like, because on the one hand, this has been a lot of work. <laughs> um, but on the other, it's also really rewarding to see, um, to see people um, who are excited about this project, who, who want to be involved and not necessarily just in Oregon and Washington. So in some way we would like to keep at least the Instagram page going to recognize um women's FKTs as they come up. Um, but I don't know how to make that happen. And I also really need to be able to dial back my own involvement for a year. I can keep up with all these emails into next year. It's going to start getting hard. So we're, we're kind of trying to think, are there other partners we can take on in different parts of the U S who can maybe feed us information so that we just have to do the posting. Um, you know, is, is there some other way we can make this keep going? Um, but without me having to devote all my time to sending emails at night. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah, I can I can relate to that. Where is the line of like when does this become something that is not adding to your life anymore? Um, yeah. But equally, after doing all of that work, how do you keep it going? Yeah. Well, there's been so much enthusiasm that this is um, that this is tapped into that it's really exciting to see, you know, and it's exciting to see people. Um, you know, people will email us, my friend sent an FKT or they'll tag us on Instagram. My friend said this FKT, have you seen it? Um, and you know, tell us about it, email us, tag us on Instagram, however you like to, we're happy to brag about you. Cause that's another thing that's weird about FKTs is that you finish and you find yourself in this empty parking lot and you're like super proud of this thing you've done. And you've got nobody, or maybe like one person who's picking you up to tell you about it. And you're like, I kind of want a little pat on the back here. <laughs> like, I'm super proud of what I did, super proud this is alone, but I don't know what to do with this raw energy that I've got right at the uh, at the finish line. Well, that's um, kind of where I was going with this, that I think, like, I mean, I don't know the back end of this entirely, but after you have this base, even if it was, you know, every month somebody else was in charge of doing the posting, but we just want a place where if you do an FKT, it gets on the women who FKT Instagram and we can all lift each other up. And like you said, have a bunch of people that are like, whoa, look at this route or get the idea to go try it themselves and take mm -hmm. each other in. And it can just become this simple community. Yeah. We're, I mean, like I said, we're, we're looking around trying to figure out how to make that work. Um, so, you know, if you have any ideas, send them our way. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess you're right. It's the amount of emails and people who probably are like, well, I did this and I don't know if this actually counts and having to go through everything and all yeah. the stuff, right? Well, there's that. And another thing that we've noticed is that the, the rules for FKTs are a little bit weird sometimes. Oh my God, and yes. You can feel a little strange, like reaching out to the, the FKT website and saying, wait, I don't understand how supported unsupported works. Um, but I think that we're a little bit more approachable and it's definitely felt good too to be a place that people can come to for answers um, where they're like, wait, can you explain this to me again? Or, um, you know, explain to me how it works with a partner or even um, we had somebody who emailed us super excited about um, a time they'd set on a peak in Colorado that's an FKT route. And it hadn't been approved. And when we checked back with them a couple of days later, they said, yeah, sadly, there was already a Strava time that was faster. So they didn't improve, um, you know, so, so mine wasn't uh, approved. And we were, uh, you know, I was able to come back and say, okay, um, that, that kind of sucks. It'd be nice if that woman put her, put, posted her time as an FKT, because we have to beat it. It'd be nice to be able to see it. Um, and um, also talked through with her some other options like, okay, um, you know, definitely take a look at some of the other routes, see if there are times on the Strava that you can, that you can beat, but also like consider making a new route, consider doing this, you know, and some other ideas so that if she wanted to be involved, she could kind of think through what might work for her. Right. So there's just a lot of things going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I think yeah. what you've done up until this point is pretty amazing. You can hear the passion in the voice of the other leadership group. And just like you said, what are you doing to improve our sport and have more women involved? And the fact that like you took that question to heart and made a change is pretty inspiring in itself. So I mean, a collective thank you, I guess, as well, is probably um, needed. But uh, before we finish up here, because this time is going quick, uh, mm -hmm. on, a, on a personal note, what is your, I mean, hard rock is kind of the ultimate goal for a lot of people. So I can see after that, mm -hmm. feeling like the world is your oyster. What is your big goal with running in the next couple of years, anything? Um, in the next couple of years, you know, I've, I feel like I've gotten a little bit, uh, sidetracked isn't the right word, but like I took on this FKT project this year and decided I was like, you know what, no races this year. Um, so now I'm, as we're coming a little bit to the end of this year, I'm kind of thinking about what might be next year. Um, I, I would like to have another crack at hard rock. I ran into some foot problems that I, I really don't feel I put my best effort into that. Right. I put my best effort in on the day, but I think I've got more in me and I'd really like to see if I can do a better job if I were to have a second shot at it. So that's on the horizon at some point. Um, and I, I think again, after having a couple of years dealing with injuries, I'm just so excited to like 
get back into the community again. And so that's kind of where my goals are, are settling around right now. Yeah, I like that. Makes sense. Okay, so last question I'm asking everybody. Okay. If you could describe accomplishing an FKT in three words, what would they be? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm not good at bringing th- things down to three words. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like there's, there's like a self-confidence. And, and maybe I'll just give you that one. Is It really feels like um, most the FKTs I've done so far have been um, mostly unsupported. Um, and so coming to the finish line and just being like, I did that and I did that on my own, you know, like that's really been, uh, a good feeling to know it wasn't, you know, like I didn't have the aid stations. I was taking care of myself. Like, and that really, I I appreciate that feeling. It's pretty good, isn't it? And then it transfers into your whole life and you're like, I can do things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time today and thank you for setting this all up. You were definitely kind of the leader for getting this whole thing organized as well. If our listeners want to find more from you specifically, do you have an Instagram or a place that they can reach out and find you? Um, for me, yeah, I guess I could give you my, my personal Instagram is jump run skip. Um, but I, I kind of feel like if you're interested in this aspect of what I'm doing, it might be better to, uh, look for the women who FKT Instagram. And, uh, that's probably the easiest, you know, thing to look up for us. And you can Google that to get to the website as well. Women who FKT it's, I I think it's getting easier as, as more people are excited, the Google hits, um, bring us direct, bring you directly to us now. So totally. That's awesome. And I'll link to the website and the FKT Instagram in the show notes. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Next, we're going to hear from Stacy Lee, who actually just came off of a very epic FKT herself, and she has some seriously deep experience backpacking. So therefore, she's the expert on unsupported, self-supported, multi-day FKTs. So we get into her part on the leadership team as well as her recent FKT. But before we do, I just want to take a quick second to thank our newest sponsor, Athletic Greens. So I have been using AG1 from Athletic Greens every day. I've been taking it, as you know, because I have needed a greens powder to help with recovery, to make sure I get enough vitamins and minerals, to get adequate sleep when sometimes with a toddler, I'm still waking up a lot at night and I don't have very good gut health to begin with. So I need something that also has a probiotic to help optimize my immune system. I can't have gluten. I can't have dairy, all of the things. So AG1 fits all of those specs for me. It is totally lifestyle friendly and it also has 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start the day off right. You just put one scoop with a glass of water in the morning and the best part is that it actually tastes good. So the fact that I enjoy taking it, really, really, really helpful. Plus it costs less than $3 a day. So you're really investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supported vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash TRWP. Again, that's athleticgreens backslash TRWP. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. So this morning I'm chatting with Stacy Lee. So let's start out with a brief uh, elevator pitch. Um, I am based here in Portland, Oregon. Um, my involvement in uh, Women Who FKT is like we all just kind of are, what we're doing is kind of a collaborative effort. A lot of our input and our decisions are kind of based off of uh, discussion amongst the five leaders. Um, and my role is to kind of bring um, a, a diverse voice to uh, the table. Um, my background is um, I'm like, I call myself second and a half generation Chinese American. My, I, I was born here. My parents were born here. Um, my grandparents were born in China, but my great grandfather was here working on the railroads in Arizona. So that's kind of why I call myself kind of like second and a half ish. 
But in any case, so um, I, I kind of my I see my role as trying to bring a diverse voice to women who have KT, and I want to bring other people who are a person of color and you know black and indigenous to the table and get them to discover the sport. And I want to build a more diverse and uh, inclusive running community. Yeah, I love that. I think just being a part of the running community from a podcast sense, trying to find a variety of backgrounds as guests, it's a real eye-opener of how much work we need to do in the running world to get more of those voices out there for sure. Yeah, it definitely. And like, you know, when I first, you know, I didn't start running until late in life. And I think, you know, a lot of people who, at least a lot of people I know who have attempted an FKT are people who maybe have played sports, you know, ever since they were, you know, kids and maybe they started running like in junior high or high school. Um, I didn't start running until I was 35. And so um, my, my background from that perspective is a little bit different that was just because, you know, um, our emphasis was really on academics and music when I was growing up. And so even though I would say in hindsight, I was probably a reasonably good runner, um, you know, as a child, um, it wasn't something that was encouraged. That's so interesting. I read that in your bio and, and thought that like I had friends that had the same situation growing up where the focus was academic and music and athletics mm-hmm. were essentially discouraged. Yeah. Do you know why athletics are discouraged? I am not absolutely certain. I've heard a lot of explanations. Um, you know, my mom, her, one of her excuses was, and, you know, and she did a great job. I mean, ultimately, um, you know, I grew up in a single parent household and my mom did a great job with the resources she had. Um, so, I mean, part of it could have been um, just affordability. Um, you know, academics was seen as a way to, you know, get a good education, you know, to get those good grades, try to get the scholarships. Um, and, uh, you know, and then also, I think there was also just like the, oh, well, you know, your older cousins do music. And so you should do music. Your older cousins do Boy Scouts. And so therefore, you should do Girl Scouts, which actually kind of ties into, you know, what I've been doing with women who have KT as well in terms of some of the longer distance FKT activities, just because I have that outdoors background. Um, but, uh, you know, it seems like, you know, at least from my perspective, looking in hindsight, it's like everything all the activities we did were kind of like the accepted activities that our older cousins had already done, which is interesting. And I don't really fully understand it, but um, it's at least interesting to me. Yeah, for, for sure. It is very interesting. And I love seeing people branch out and, and do things that when you realize maybe you don't have to kind of follow in line. That brings us to you discovering running in your mid 30s. And within six months of starting a couch to five, completing your first marathon. And since then, you have run all distances, including attempting your first 100 miler. So clearly, this was something that you felt you were meant to yeah. do. So what happened that made you first decide, okay, I'm going to do this? You know, thing? it's really kind of a funny story. So um, a friend of mine at work, she had heard about this uh zombie 5k and it's like one of those obstacle course 5ks except they have people dressed up as zombies and they chase you and (laughs) and looking back it was like well that was a terrible idea and a wonderful idea so she's like let's do this and so there are three of us and we registered for that race and we were thinking oh so two of us were thinking oh well i guess we have to train for this now so we started couch to 5k and this race was in August and we'd given ourselves a little bit of extra time. So by like July, we were ready, we were ready theoretically. And so we actually raced the foot traffic flat 5k here on Salvi Island in Portland. And myself and my friend, we both got to the end. I think I, my time for that was like 28 minutes and change or something like that. And we both got to the end and was like, that's it. That was easy. And so, um, from then, it was just like, well, that was so easy. Then what happens if I extend this to a 10K? You know, what happens if I, you know, start, you know, um, what happens, you know, how much further can I go? And so this idea of the Portland Marathon came in my mind. And I think a lot, like a lot of our first-time marathoners, it was, pr- you know, 
it was one of those, well, that was, it went okay, but it probably wasn't my best idea. And I think going into that marathon, my longest long run was like eight miles. And so I ran the first 16 miles and then walk ran the rest and I lived through it. And um, obviously at some point, uh, I went back and did it again. So, <laughs> um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the greatest experience that first one, just because I was undertrained in hindsight. But at the same time, it wasn't so horrible that it was like, oh, I'll never do this again. But at the same time, I guess maybe I'm also one of those people who never said, who, who's like, don't, you know, never say never because you don't know what you're capable of until you try. Oh, I love that so much. And obviously, I mean, everybody quits with running mid-ultra, <laughs> mid but there's something about it that entices you to be like, I'm going to try this again, or I'm going to try it faster. Or for you, it looks like getting into trails. And then obviously you did some 50Ks. Mm -hmm. I've raced a couple, I don't know, a couple, two, three 50Ks. Um, I've finished a 50 miler. I've attempted a hundred miler and a hundred K um, I want to go back and do those again sometime. I think, you know, it's just, you know, sometimes it's just kind of like not the best day, just things don't work out. Um, for my first 100 miler, I'd sprain, I'd sprain an ankle really badly, like eight weeks pre-race. And so, yeah, oh, so yeah. it's just like, yeah. you know, it's like you kind of have to decide, is it worth like longer term injury or is it sometimes just time to call it? And then I think with the 100K, it was one of those situations where it's like, I probably could finish this, but it was like right post COVID. It was 2021. So it wasn't really truly post COVID. I guess we're still in it. And air quality wasn't great. And um, with a history of asthma and problems with that and air quality and being COVID, a COVID year, it was like, mm, no, scratch that. Let's play it safe. And so for me, it's just like trying to find that balance between risk versus reward. And, um, it's like, okay, yeah, next time. So. Yeah. Which is a much wiser thing to say and harder to actually do yeah. for sure. Especially if you feel like you've prepped and changed your life and you have to schedule so many things to get. Yeah. These and so this year it was FKTs and now I'm kind of toying with the idea of bouncing back to roads and going after, um, going after a Boston qualifier. So, I mean, I'm still really all over the place in my running. Um, I think that's good though. And I, I coach some athletes and I change things up myself. And I always say like, yes, as soon as you, if you've run a hundred K go back and mm -hmm. do a fast 10 K it's good for your brain. It's good for your body. It's nice to have short workouts. Mm -hmm. It keeps it interesting. And ultimately I think it makes you a better runner. So yeah. I think that's and then way. fall cross country is possibly in the books too, which it's such, you know, I, it's a, was it Stumptown cross here in Portland. And that brings such a fast field that I always have to make like, they sound like funny, but they're realistic goals. Like, okay, don't fall down. Don't, don't, you know, you know, don't trip on, don't trip on a hay bale. Don't be last. You know? um, Cause I'm not super speedy. I mean, at least compared to, you know, the, the type of field that some town, some town cross usually has. So. Um, so that brings us to, Marta was saying that you have some of the most experience with unsupported backpacking, that type of thing. So what is it about really long distances kind of unsupported that catches your eye? And do you have any notable FKTs? Myself and actually one of the other uh, leaders within Women Who FKT, uh, Terry Smith, she and I just um, snagged the first women's FKT on the Olympic Peninsula Traverse on the Pacific Northwest Trail. Officially, oh, the route is like 186 miles, but like all of our mapping data from like, um, was it Kamut from Caltopo, um, even using like, I guess the, I guess it's the Far Out app, used to be Get Hooks app. Um, all of our data that we were able to gather from all those different sources really shows it's probably closer to like 191, 193. But I mean, I think when you're getting into those, those longer distances, it's really kind of hard to be exact. It's all just kind of like, eh, close enough. Um, so we just did that actually, I think it was like it was three and a half weeks ago. Um, we finished on August 20th. Um, and the reason I did that is because like m my perception of FKTs is like, there's such a variety of different um, 
different routes out there that you could you know, you could, they, that you can attempt an FKT on that you could really kind of pick and choose a route that kind of plays to your strengths. So whether you're like a really good hill climber or you're really fast or you're just really gritty and willing to kind of get into that world of sleep deprivation and just keep pushing. Um, you know, and so that was kind of why I initially looked at the Olympic Peninsula FKT is because I'm not terribly fast, um, but compared to, I think, a lot of people in the running world, I have quite a bit of outdoors experience um, and backpacking experience. And uh, and it was somewhere I hadn't been before. So it was like, oh, yeah, this looks like fun. I get to go see somewhere I haven't been before. And um I get to go test my limits on this really long, challenging route. Um, and it was probably everything that I expected and a bit more. <laughs> I love that about, first of all, congratulations, that's epic. And I love that about trail running in general, that you can find something where if you're not a super fast, flat runner, that you're just climbing all day or you're going super technical descents and you get to you know, show off that, that aspect of it. So, um, I think that's a really cool thing to point out. So how long did it take you? It took us, um, six days, five hours. It was just under, it was like six days and five hours and something. I can't remember exactly. Um, it seemed like a really long time. I'm sorry you might have said this you might have said this but this was we actually yes? chose to go self-supported really the only part where we were truly self-supported was probably the first two days um along uh, as we traveled down the Washington coast from um Ozette down to uh Oil City that section we chose to uh, go supported just because we'd heard that there was, we'd scouted probably about half that section prior to attempting the FKT. And one of the sections we hadn't scouted was just south of Yellow Banks. And we'd heard that area was really technical and really challenging, like miles and miles of rock hopping. And so we're just like, do we really want to carry, you know, our, all of our overnight gear? Do we want to carry our, our bear canisters loaded with, you know, five days of food? Through the section, so we opted to go self-supported um, using uh, Three River Three Rivers Resort, which is just like I guess kind of between Forks and um, the Push, and it was right on our route. And so we decided to use that as a place to stop after the first day and kind of um, you know repack our gear, you know get a little bit of rest before we set out on day two. Yeah, and so I mean that was our main reasoning for it, and then it turned out that section that we were that everybody said was so hard and so challenging, we actually thought was was actually not bad. <laughs> that yeah, sometimes if you mm-hmm. expect the worst, then it's yeah. I found that when I had yeah. a child. Yeah, <laughs> keep the bar low. Yeah. Then, oh, not nearly as bad, and like it's like there were sections that were absolutely worse that we had already seen before. Um, so it was a pleasant surprise. This is a little bit kind of a tangent, but can you speak to finding someone that you enjoy and trust going out for that period of time, almost a week, to probably have some you know, pretty epic decision making and you have to be on the same page? What is the process of finding a partner and, and being sure that you guys are going to be able to do this together safely? That was one of the things that we learned, <laughs> um, learned kind of through this process. Uh, Terry and I have known each other for several years now through the running, through the trail running community. And like prior to this, we'd been through some pretty challenging things. Like t- the two of us have worked, uh, have volunteered together doing ham radio for like Mountain Lakes 100 in the middle of a rainstorm in the middle of the night. Um, so, you know, uh, and then we did kind of like a pre-FKT um, kind of shakeout hike, which was also five or six days, but shorter mileage in the Sierra. And so we'd been presented some challenges there that we were able to work through. It wasn't really as challenging as the FKT itself, because then you throw in sleep deprivation and all those other things. And so we learned that stylistically, we are very 
two very different people. You know, we were talking about this the other day and, you know, one of the challenges is I come from, um, you know, my background is I was an engineering, I was an engineering major and I've been working um, kind of in corporate product development versus an engineer and then as a project manager for almost, well, I guess it would be like, you know, for 20 plus years now. So everything I do is very much like in a team environment. I mean, I've even taken like formal classes on like, you know, dynamics of a team and stuff like that. And uh, Terry has worked for herself uh, for probably equally as long. And so like that definitely played into a, played a factor into like how we, how we manage ourselves and how we manage our expectations. And that was something that we, that we recognize was a key difference, like not until we were out on the trail. So I mean, it definitely at times caused some, um, caused some, I guess say points of points of contention, but I mean, we were able to work through it. I mean, I had bad moments. She had bad moments. I think when you get into that area where you're pushing so hard and you're not getting sleep, it's expected that's going to happen. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, it was a little bit of, uh, you know, there's a little bit of like, Hey, you know what, let's, let's make the decisions that, are smart, like, okay, this person looks like, you know, there was one point where it's like, okay, Terry's not keeping up anymore. We probably should rest. And then, you know, 12 hours later, it was like, oh, wait, no, Stacy's really having a hard time. We should probably take a 15 minute trail nap, you know, and making those decisions that is sometimes like, okay, well, this is what's really good for us to be successful and trying to work through some of those challenges. So it's like, I was always kind of, it's like, I, I look at things from a team perspective and Terry's like, I need to be self-sufficient. I need to look at that from that perspective and then trying to figure out where those meet in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it's super complicated. And that's kind of all mm-hmm. you can ask is knowing that you're going to go to some dark places and sometimes it's hard even on your own. Oh yeah. So, and, yeah. And guess, expectations, expectations, and- expectations were like the worst part because like if you set yourself up to like, okay, I'm expecting that we'll, you know, we'll stop after we do this. Uh, I'm expecting that we'll do this. It's like, I think like what we both kind of learned is just like, especially with these hard challenges, don't set, set expectations because if reality doesn't meet those expectations, it's like, that's usually, that usually can put you in a pretty bad place. And so. <laughs> totally. I think that's the same as, that's yeah. the same as races. If people are taking on the first hundred K and they're like, I want to be at 50 K by seven hours. Well, don't say that that's your A and only goal, because if you get there in eight hours, it could ruin the rest of your race and you're still going to have an amazing race. So you can have many goals, but not, you don't have to feel, yeah, expectations is the best way. It's just like, just throw them all out the window and just kind of go with it. Um, Especially for that many days. That's awesome. Um, So one of the things that we want to do with this podcast and Mm -hmm. spreading the word is making sure that people know that this is something you guys are trying to be very inclusive with. So it does not have to be a six day event. So tell us a little bit about um, like the types of FKTs that people get into that are maybe more introductory and kind of what the process is if somebody's listening and they, they want to be a part of this. What? Yeah. So um, this was actually my second FKT. Um, My first FKT was a route that I actually established here in Portland on Powell Butte, which is a really, uh, it's a pretty popular place for people to go get a nice run on the trails and close into the city. It's in um, Southeast Portland. And it's a part of Southeast Portland that really is probably is, a more diverse part of Portland. Um, you know, it's an area of, Port- of Portland where you'd probably have the most languages spoken, but outside of Powell Butte, it's also an area that people tend to avoid. So you don't see a whole lot of runners there except for on those trails within this, you know, city park. And one of the reasons I chose that is because it is easily accessible. You can get to Powell Butte on foot, you can get there on bike, you can get there on public transit. And so I create a, created a route there. Um, called all of Powell Butte. And the idea is that you have to run every single inch of trail within Powell Butte Park, which includes some of the trails that go out to like, you know, that connect out to the neighborhood, the surrounding neighborhood and stuff like that. And the trail network there is really kind of 
a spider web. So like if you were to do it right, you'd go look at the map and try to figure out how to connect all these trails the most efficiently. So you're running, you know, the least elevation gain or the least amount of miles. And I really didn't do a good job at like choosing a route. It was just like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to run this just to establish the route. I even like missed a section and had to go back out and grab it at the end. Luckily it was like only a half mile away. Um, But the reason I chose that is because I wanted a route that was easily accessible that anybody in Portland could get to. And I wanted it to be something short enough that you wouldn't necessarily need to have like a GPS watch to record it. You could like record it on your phone using Strava or, you know, another GPS tool to use that for your validation. And I wanted to use that to show that FKTs could be accessible to anybody, even though you may not necessarily have the means to get to a remote trailhead or have the equipment or the time to do something that's, you know, long and far. I think my total miles for that was like 14 and change. And I think you could probably get it a little bit shorter. So, I mean, anybody who is reasonably trained for probably like, you know, a half marathon, a 25K could probably easily go out there and snag that FKT. Or, you know, so there's others that are just like an uphill climb. There's others that are just a downhill climb. There's some that are very technical. And then there's are also some that are just like on rails to trails. So if like you're, you're a road person, you know, you could go look at that FKT on, let's say, the um, Vernonia Banks Trail, which is a paved bike trail outside of Portland. And so I know like within the Women Who FKT project, you know, somebody went out and stagged that. Yeah. So yeah, the world mm-hmm. is an oyster with this. And I, lo- I love seeing how many are coming in on, on your Instagram. And I'll link to all of that in the yeah. show notes too. It's pretty cool. So final question. Final, it is really cool. I love what you guys are doing. And it's inspired me after race season to, to find something. I'm up in Vancouver, actually. So I'd love to road trip down there and try to pick a cool route to do. But last question. If you could describe the feeling of accomplishing an FKT in three words, what would they be? Oh gosh, that one's tough. <laughs> With no pre-warning yeah. either, so it has to be the first three. Yeah, that come to your I mind. would say, um, like, uh, how, I'm trying to think. Like, what was that feeling? I would say, like, getting to the, getting to Britain, it was like relief. Like, oh my gosh, it's finally done. So I would say, relieved, exhilarated, and um. Just like that sense of accomplishment, I guess. You know, yeah, yeah you work totally. so hard for this. And it was just like, okay. Because I mean, you know, I think, you know, it's never guaranteed, right? So it's like, hey, we did it. We, we, we said, we, we finally set out what we, we finally did what we set out to do and we did it. So that's, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the three words. We did it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, that's awesome. So if our listeners want to find more of you, do you have an Instagram or a place they can specifically Yeah, so you? my Instagram is run underscore hike underscore repeat. Um, and that's how you can find me on Instagram. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today and can't wait to see what else you guys accomplish right. this year. Thanks, Hillary. Have a great day. All right. I hope you guys loved listening to Marta and Stacy as much as I did. And next episode, we are going to hear from the remaining three members, Danielle, Dana, and Terry. And we get into their personal stories as well. So again, go check these guys out at Women Who FKT's website and on Instagram. And I will link to all of that in the show notes. All right. Bye. And also go out there and get an FKT.